Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we talk about Apple and the prognosis for the iPhone. We talk about Samsung going back to basics, uh, the end of the cell phone contracts, and some real reviews you can use. All that and more on tonight's Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 31, recorded January 27th, 2014. On Apple's big bet, Samsung going simple, and too many Ks. Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of Don't Panic, the number one technology podcast as voted on by the three of us. I'm Sean Jennings uh, and joined, as always, by the uh, two tech uh, geniuses that they are. Uh, that would, of course, be Colby Rabidou and uh, Sir Dan Miller. Uh, guys, how's it going? Uh, good. I didn't... I don't know. I didn't know Dan had been hanging out with the Queen. Well, you haven't been knighted yet, Colby. It's all right. Yeah. Computers we're, we're suck. That's gonna... The Queen has an iPod. That's about as far as she gets. Um, she's gonna be disappointed soon. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So what's up, guys? What's going on? Not too much. I was telling Sean before we got on the air. It feels like forever since we've done this the last time. Yeah. What's up with that? What happened last week? Was there a space time know. event? <laughs> Apparently, last week was incredibly long. <laughs> it was. It's this time of year. I I absolutely agree. Um, too much travel, and it was too cold. Like, slowed the like neutrons down, so time appeared to go more slowly. It was very gray. It was gray. You know, I was wondering that. Is it? Is there a scientific reason that it's more gray in the winter, or is that just my imagination? Like, are there more clouds in the winter? Because it feels like there are. I think I think there are more clouds. In the <laughs> Like, because if you told me, you're like, oh, it's because the water molecules get cold in the atmosphere and form, and I'd be like, okay. I don't, I, someone should Google that and let me know. Fair enough. Um, also, shout out to my roommate, Ted, who just shared our link on Facebook. I holy think he's the shit. first non-cast member to ever share our link. That's wonderful. Well, thank yeah. you, Ted. Uh, so exciting. That's wonderful. Well, of course, if you guys want to join us, we do this every Monday night, though it seems farther apart. We do it every week, Monday night, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at don'tpanic.io. Also, video and audio after the fact are there as well. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and via RSS. Like us on Facebook. All the links are on the website. Um, our beautiful, shiny website uh, that you should definitely check out. So, uh, don'tpanic.io. Um but why don't we uh, jump into some stories this week? How's that sound? Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Um, anyone that's jumping out at you? I'll uh, just pick one. Uh, okay. That's fine. I don't know why I I'll just pick one. Um, let's start with um, the Apple Corporation. You know, I feel like we haven't talked about Apple in a really long time. I know. That's why I put some stuff in there because it's been so long. It's well because it, it, there was CES, which Apple doesn't do anything for, and Christmas they don't, they didn't. So really, Apple's been silent since they um, announced well, the iPhone fives. The Mac Pro almost came out in time for Christmas. Mac Pro, yeah. So that would have been the last time we talked about Apple. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I that still means? haven't seen a Mac Pro in person. I'm very upset. Very upset. Really? I feel like that's a problem you could solve. I thought so too, and I tried to solve it last week, 
and it wasn't immediately solvable within five blocks of my apartment, so I gave up. <laughs> AKA the Grand Central Apple Store did not have a Mac Pro out. Really? No. That's messed up. I don't know if any of them do. Any Apple Store in the nation. I've not seen any pictures of them online in Apple Stores. Huh. That is strange. Well, uh, fans out there, report back to us. If you go to your local Apple store uh, and find a Mac Pro, let us know. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Um, but, like most... What? I feel like it's not something... Well, no, they should have one in the store. You would think. They have last-gen Mac Pros in the store. Yeah. Huh. Get some um, 40K displays going on in there, too. <laughs> yeah, four, uh, 4K, not 40K. I was about to say, like, Next you, year. you're jumping the gun. That's <laughs> too many Ks, Dan, too many Ks. Um, so, uh, like most of the tech press, instead of talking about what Apple is actually making, let's talk about what they might make. Okay. Um, Tim Cook was uh, interviewed uh, this week, right around the same time as Apple's Q1 earnings, which we'll talk about a little bit because everyone loves earnings. Um, oh, you know what we should talk about? Hold the press. Hold the phone. We should talk about the uh, the 35th anniversary of the Macintosh. Let's just... Oh. Yeah, let's do that. I'm ready. Sean, you're, you prepared for this, right? You knew that we were going to bring this up? I don't know what... I, I should have gone to the store and bought some apples. I would have brought props or something. This is, I'm talking, so so what is this now? The 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 Macintosh Mac attack. What is this? So the Macintosh was like, uh, there's a great video of Steve Jobs introducing it. That you know, aside from the fact that it's clearly from uh, I don't know, the 80s and is an old looking video, the the script and the different things that he would say and the way that he would say things are all the same ways that he would introduce any product. It's the most amazing thing ever. Uh, we're going to, like, you know, do all sorts of crazy things with it. We're enabling creativity. And, by the way, it's under it's in this box that we have on the stage that I don't know what you thought, but no one thought it was a computer. So the original Macintosh was, like, this all-in-one CRT display computer, like, the uh, iMac is now, which was pretty crazy for 1984. Sweet. Uh, it's a so um, my my grandfather had yes that that yeah he had, they had one of the the first Mac, um, and it still worked when we were kids. In fact, I think it still works now, but we used to play games on it when we were children, like me and my cousins. There was this game where you like uh, you there you controlled like this helicopter and there was a guy hanging off the bottom and under under was like this horse drawn cart of hay, full of hay and the goal was to try and drop the guy into the cart of hay. That's awesome. Uh, but one of my cousins really liked to kill the horse because you could drop the guy on the horse and the horse would die. <laughs> 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 so it's often referred to as kill the horse and not drop the guy in the cart of hay. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's an, you know it was really an incredible piece of uh, of technology. And um, was this the first 
a windowed graphical operating system? It's it's considered the first mass market personal computer featuring a graphical user interface and mouse. Yeah, consumer computer. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Coolio. And a mouse. Like that's the thing I had forgotten is that this was the computer that introduced the mouse and you know, just like with the iPhones, he was up there in this video where he's like, we have a revolutionary new way of, you know, talking to your computer. It's going to shift all the paradigms. Nothing's going to be the same. And he was totally right. It was like, if I was watching this, and I didn't really remember what the Macintosh was, and as I was watching it, I was like, this is really exaggerated. Like, <laughs> wasn't it just like a new computer in a smaller box? Like, wasn't that all that it was? Wasn't it just like good hardware design? But no, it was completely new everything. And the one of the things that I thought was most noteworthy about all this is that Apple actually acknowledged that it happened. Uh, so my uncle, for example, ran the 30th anniversary or the 25th anniversary of the Macintosh because Apple didn't want to do anything. Uh, so <laughs> he hosted all of these Macintosh developers in his yard and had a party. Now... Was, so, like, they had to wait for Steve Jobs to die. Right. Uh, and not only are they, are they using it for free press and things, I guess, but they also put up posters on their campus of all the people who worked on Macintosh ever... Did you guys see the the website, the web features they did of people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of one of the one of the people on there I actually worked with last summer at, at Facebook. One of the designers. Oh wow! Like, yeah, his name's Nick Felton, and he he did he was like into the quantified self thing before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's his shtick. But his page was all about that stuff. It was really neat. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. it was very unappley. At the end of the day, so I think you know you could admire it that they don't uh, they don't really navel gazing isn't the right word they don't bask in their own success they kind of just move on maybe they did at one point but they don't anymore maybe that's like a institutional scar tissue thing where like oh we bask in our own success after the Macintosh and look what happened then but I think it's nice in moderation yeah I thought it was cool. And you also have to remember the um, the Macintosh was famous for several other things, including uh, quite possibly the, one of the most famous television commercials of all time, the 1984 ad um, mm-hmm. fra, in the Big Brother 1984 dystopian future that aired during the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and, and Sean, why was that so impressive? For, for, as a marketing person, there's, what made that amazing? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is that Apple was not particularly mainstream at the time, so the fact that they bought and I mean, the, it was one of the most expensive commercials ever made at the time. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is because today it's very common for commercials to barely feature a product, to be about a story and then just have the name of the product at the end. But back in 1984, that was really rare. Mm-hmm. To, if you think about it, the Macintosh was not in the commercial. They barely mentioned the Macintosh, and that was such a departure and such a surprise. That's one of the, that's probably one of the main reasons because they were the first to do it. Gotcha. Uh, and another thing you can also credit the Mac for is uh, desktop publishing. 
um, and, and the rise of, of uh, that, which we still use to this day. I mean, the Macintosh was uh, a really uh, really important computer, revived in 98 uh, with the iMac, and uh, but we'll certainly remember the original Macintosh 30 years later. 35 years later. 30 years later. Oh, 30 it, years later? It was introduced in 1984. Oh, yeah, duh. Okay, yep. That, okay. Never mind. That's okay. <laughs> I still like those, uh, the bubbly colored ones with the, the round mice. Yeah. Oh, the puck mouse. God, those things sucked so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. I never actually used one. Oh, but I, we, like, I we like had those them. in all the schools when I, when uh, the elementary school, and they were just the most uncomfortable. Apple designs a lot of things great. Mice are not one of them. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> Which is weird, but yeah, I agree. Um, well, wonderful. We salute the Macintosh and all that it's given us. Um, wonderful. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting, and I'm going to pivot the conversation. Um, you mentioned that the Mac being such an important primary product for the company, and how are they able to transition from the Mac to other areas, right? Well, I think they did that. The Mac isn't a... Well, they did. ...part of their, yeah. But what's interesting, and I'm going to pull up the screen share here to show you a... Why aren't you sharing the screen? Why aren't you sharing the screen? I have a chart. Computer. Charts. You have oh, wow. Data. This is really weird. Why isn't this it... This is getting weird? serious. I'm really upset because it's a really good chart. Um... <laughs> You you only got one screen share for the night. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay for that now. That's how Google's gonna monetize Google Plus. I've got so much uh, I've got so much stuff I want to share. Oh my god! I'm really annoyed. Uh, so can you see the chart? Yeah, I see lines. Okay, is that better? Yeah. What Dan? Describe the chart. What's the chart say? Uh, the chart says percentage Apple revenues by product line, and it has a green iPod starting off higher than the Mac, basically, and going down, and then it has the Mac staying pretty steady up until some point. Uh, I can't read the bottom numbers, at which point it starts to go down, but not as low as the iPod, and then uh, the iPhone shoots up, and eclipses everything, including the iPad, really. The iPad barely makes any more money than the Mac, which is really surprising to me. All right, this has been Dan Describes Charts. Uh, <laughs> I all day. No, the, re the reason I wanted to show that was because um, the iPhone accounts for um, nearly, was it 57% of, uh, of Apple's revenues? I, I believe it. Um which obviously is more than all their other products combined. Um, is it is it a problem for Apple that so much of their company is now focused on one product? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's a, obviously a pretty relevant product to be focused on right now. Um. But then you know, I don't I don't think like the rest of everything is outright neglected. Like No, but I guess sure... the Go ahead. Uh, I guess the problem is 
where does Apple go from here, I guess is my point, is that they've seen such explosive growth in the iPhone, but growth has a limit. You know, there there's only so many people on Earth to sell phones to. I mean, is that something Apple should be concerned about? Uh, here's what I've never understood about this line of logic. Like, what does any company do? What did GE do after they invented the light bulb? They became this massive conglomerate company that... Owns the, television stations and car companies and well, those are new products though, which is my point. Is that Apple can't just keep selling iPhones? Completely disparate products. I think if you want Apple to be Apple, then you can't expect to have explosive growth year over year. Sadly, that's what Wall Street does expect. Well, that's mm. fucked up. <laughs> it is. I'm not disagreeing with you. But, um... No. Well, I mean, just because Apple shares aren't, like, $700 a piece anymore doesn't mean it's, like... They, I mean, it was a little inflated at its at its peak, I think. I have no idea. What is it now? But, I mean, I think so that was a Apple little... So, Apple shares inflated. are worth less than a Bitcoin now? <laughs> that's, that's probably true, yeah. <laughs> um... I don't I don't know. Like I feel like like how much is that true? I I feel like it's as much about retention for them at this point as it is for new growth, right? Cuz cuz the thing about phones is you get a new one every 2 years. Well, not everyone does, but I think a lot of people do. <laughs> but but so the like, Go ahead. Yeah, I just No, and you're totally right. The question is that it's less Apple and more the company that makes the iPhone. And the problem with that is in two months, in four, we see Android growing. The iPhone isn't keeping pace with their competitors. So when, they, when iPhone growth slows down, where do they go? Is, is it enough anymore? Maybe. I mean, if they came out with an Apple TV... For example, just randomly, or they a new iPad. I mean, we're seeing that it's not going to make that big of a difference for the company. It's really all about the iPhone, and I would make the argument that that's really one of their weaker products. I think what the they're iPhone? I did I really do. I think the Mac Pro is great. I think the iPad is great. I think the iPhone compared to similar smartphones is is I guess neck and neck, maybe even not the market leader anymore. And I think that's a big problem for Apple. But, I mean, I don't think... I'm going to have to disagree with you here. One, because, like, the PCs in general, Mac or PC, like, it's not... It's it's a declining market, so obviously that's not the answer. Like, sure, the Mac, Mac Pros, it, like, Apple makes good computers, but, like, it's just not as important anymore. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think they're going to make up anything there. And I don't think... Like, I, I'm, I think people are still going to stay with the iPhone over... I mean, compare... You know, it's this is the classic, like, comparing Apple to, all, like, iOS to all of Android is a f kind of foolish because there's... A lot of, I mean, yes, there is 
gajillions more Android phones in the world than there are iOS devices. However, <laughs> like there are, you know, just as many Android 2.3 phones, if not more, in the world than the most recent Android, which are not. I mean, an and a gingerbread phone is not comparable to an iPhone, not even close. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when you're talking about like who they're competing with. I guess yeah, it is. Android is one giant unified ecosystem, but at the same time, the the it's not as good. Android apps just aren't as good as iOS apps. Yeah, and but I don't that's... know if that's Android isn't as good or they don't have, you know. But it is what it is. So I think if they, you know, if they can keep their their platform vibrant, to use some buzzwords right there. <laughs> Some more synergy going on between the yeah, various substructures. I, mean, I, think, I think compare like relatively like max sale, Correct me if I'm wrong. Max sales have been going up anyways, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, it seems to me that if the more like that's their game, they get people sucked into their ecosystem, and they get them in with one thing, and they buy the other stuff. The halo. And once you're once you're in, you're like it's not easy it's not easy for like someone someone like technically motivated to get out of it never mind someone who you know just wants to not have stuff change but like, Colby, I thought that you had a fairly easy transition or is that not entirely accurate I mean, it was true, but it was still work. Like, I still had to export all my crap from iCloud and, like... Yeah, but now if you stay... You only have to do it once. If you stay with Android, you... You're well, holding yeah. going forward. They just had to get you in the door once. I guess my point is that... I think Apple needs to realize that... And I, I've said this a million times. They either need to come up with a big new product like they did when they announced the iPhone, or they need to really put effort into making the iPhone an exciting, updated, fresh product, because it's not. It's a fine product. It's a product people like using. That's it's a, not that's enough. A, it's not enough. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, but... I'll give you that, because, I mean, that's why I switched my phone, because I was bored. Um, that being said, I don't think that's how the, the, like, I think we're, like, we're the long tail of smart smartphone users, right? We're not the, the majority, like, if my, my, you know, my parents or something have a smartphone, that's, that's exactly the opposite. Like, they, they would love to be bored because they know how to do everything if they're bored. <laughs> um, that's, like, the dream. Boredom's a feature. Right. To most people. Right, exactly. <laughs> if, 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 yeah. I know people who wish Windows was still Windows XP and Outlook <laughs> yeah. 6. Right. Outlook 6. I mean, there there is something to be said for that sort of consistency uh, for the certain market. Um, Although I know people who are still running iOS 6 who refuse to update to iOS 7. I've seen people like that on the subway, but they're definitely the minority. Oh, that's true. No, I agree. And then Apple does not... I, I want to... I and this news fits into our discussion here. Again, uh, Apple released their earnings, and um, 
they uh, fell short of uh, the analysts, uh, what they were expecting. Uh, they sold 51 million phones, so that's certainly very good. Um, but what was interesting was they expected uh, for the holiday quarter for the 5C to make up more of its sales than it actually did, resulting in a shortage of iPhone 5Ss, which the customers preferred. That's Meaning that people were not as interested in the, the 5C, uh, and most went for the 5S. That's a... I think that's kind of a cool experiment for them, though. Like, like they lost well, out for a quarter, but it, like... I think that reaffirms the, like what people buy Apple products for. Like, they'll pay more for something that's almost the same. Yeah. And what's doubly interesting is that the, the 5C was, they made a big deal about emerging markets and yeah. over international. And they found in, I, I don't have the exact statistics, but I know in many countries, like China, um, where they expected the 5C uh, to be a big seller, people are actually preferring to go with the 5S. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's the same thing. Like, I bet it, like, it's a... I guess I don't know what, like, the unlocked, the straight prices for these phones are, but off the top of my head. But, like, I I think it's a luxury item. It's like a status thing. It's like having a, I don't know, like, Uggs. Like, there are better boots in the world, but... Well, you know the the gold. Every thirteen-year-old teenage, like wasp, little white girl wants. Oh to my go. gosh, holy! Uh, well, you know, over here. The gold ones are are the hardest ones to get. So I'd like to point yeah, out that, that we are all something. white males on this show. So to call out people as being wasps is probably. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't think of any a better way to describe what I was thinking. <laughs> I just like I went to like a Catholic, a private Catholic high school, and like literally everyone wore UGG boots every day. Not me, but everyone else. It's just that like it's a thing. It's an accessible, um, like yet very nice feeling thing to own. You know what I mean? Yep. Like and that's like people like to buy stuff like that. That that was my point. Yeah, I and I that. think that the decision to if you're gonna buy a five C, the only reason I would could think of ever wanting to buy one is either you're allergic to aluminum or you just <laughs> like the colors. Well, yeah. otherwise, for a hundred dollars more, you get the Touch ID, you get the faster process, you get better everything, better everything. Well, I well for I will $100 say hundred dollars more on a six hundred dollar device. I do see. I don't. I, I'm trying to find the unlocked numbers, and I can't seem to locate them. But um, mm -hmm. I think it's a bigger gap when you go unlocked than just a hundred. But I could see in emerging markets, and I could also see for kids, because. There's, a, there's, I think, I don't know if it's been proven that the phone is less likely to break if you drop it if it's plastic, but I think uh, young kids getting uh, their first phone or kids in high school uh, whose parents buy their phones, I think that that might also be a market. But I agree. I, I couldn't in no way ever imagine 
um, or recommending anyone even by the the 5C. Um, so the unlocked on T-Mobile iPhone is uh, iPhone 5C is $549. iPhone 5S is $649. Okay. Well, there you go. For that for the extra hundred, I'd say spend it. Yeah. But anyway, what, yeah. <laughs> now, what if I told you that Apple was working on mobile payments? What would you say then? Uh, I would say that I hope someone gets something that works, but many other companies have tried and nothing works. <laughs> well, uh, Tim Cook hinted on the uh, conference call over the earnings, um, which, by the way, he barely hinted. I want to point that out. Uh, he was. It says on here that he was asked about the Touch ID fingerprint uh, sensor, and he said uh, it's clear that there's a lot of opportunity there. And um, what was the other thing? And then and then he was asked um, about the mobile payment space, and he said the mobile payments area in general is one that we've been intrigued with. It was one of the thoughts behind Touch ID. So take that as you may. Um, now, does that mean paying people physically with your phone, or does that mean paying for things on the iTunes store that having a cipher password in? Well, that you can currently do that. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, can okay, have... okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. Yeah. So no, it would be outside of that. Uh, specific. You know, would it be in store payments? Would it be in app payments? Would it be? You know, uh, obviously we don't know. Um, but it's certainly something. And we said this when Touch ID came out that that's a logical next step. So isn't Starbucks experimenting with, or can you do this now, where you just walk in the store and sit down and order the thing on your phone and then they call out your name? Uh, There's a bunch of stores that do things like that. It's all different systems. Well, yeah, but what's the downside to that? I guess that you have to have everyone's app. But... That seems a little more better, a little more better to use my good English uh, <laughs> than transmitting any amount of personal identifiable information over any wireless network. Uh, yeah, which I guess you'd I mean, that still would well, be doing, but the, the Square Dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so Square, you can do that with Square's app, right? Yeah, like well. you can buy things in a store that has a Square card reader without. Yeah, you just—it's geofencing, so they know where you are. So you like you like in the Square app, you basically tell it you're there, or you can have it set up automatically. I think. Yeah. Um, and then you just tell them your name, and they look at the photo and see it's you, and say, "Okay," and give you your stuff. It's cool. It's it's pretty interesting. Not a lot of places use it, but it's cool when it when they do. Yeah, I mean, and then there's ISIS as well, which is supported by one of the chip manufacturers, Verizon, a couple other people. That's a payment service. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these. The, the question is, you know, this was the promise with Passbook, um, is that, oh, we're going to have all your tickets in one place, we're going to have all your coupons in one place. I mean, I don't think that panned out. Um, and I, I mean, did, it's great when it works. I've, I've tried supported. to use it. And places have denied me using it. So, because oh. uh, apparently, it was funny. I went to Dunkin' Donuts, and he said, "No, no, we don't accept that. You have to have the spinning coffee cup." And I said, "What?" And I, he said, "Yeah, you have to have the spinning coffee cup." The problem was people were uh, taking screenshots um, and putting them into their um, 
passbook, which apparently you can easily create a fake passbook thing. So uh-huh. you have to use the Duncan app, which um, you can see has a little spinning. Uh, oh, interesting. Coffee oh. mug on it here. See, it's okay, everyone, little... take a screenshot. Well, <laughs> a this is blank, but b your screenshot wouldn't have the spinning mug. That's how they know it's legit. I feel like that's that's something Apple should like fix. <laughs> well, that's but see that's uh, but that's the point exactly is that it's a problem. You know, this isn't. Uh, this, this isn't yeah. something that they promised, and I don't know if they delivered. So the question is, can they do it with payments? I mean, there have been a lot of buzz around the, the iBeacon thing that they've done. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yep. The little... Uh, are you, do you know what that is? iBeacon? I, like, I remember this being a thing for a while, and then I ignored it. I did. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's by for a while, even like a month ago, <laughs> back in the day. It's uh, it's Bluetooth, right? Too much stuff happened. <laughs> Dan, it's, it's Bluetooth, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it uses Bluetooth low energy to to know your location within a very specific. So if you're in a store and you walk up to something, they'll know what you're doing. Um, you know, I could see payments playing into something like that. Um, but it's it's really hard to say. So I read here the. Uh... Starbucks mobile payments, so that's the Starbucks app on iOS and Android, Apple's Passbook and Square Wallet on iOS and Android, accounted for over 10% of U.S. sales in 2013. That's interesting. Oh, I, I got. I'll tell you a quick anecdote, and then we'll we'll move on to uh, Samsung. But I was in a McDonald's drive-through, and uh, because I'm fat and the car in front of me, uh, she took her uh, smartphone and um, I saw her reach out of her car and hand her phone to the cashier in the window to pay. And the woman looks at her phone and I could my window was rolled down. She goes, what am I supposed to do with this? And she, and she goes, you just tap it to the thing. It used um, the PayPass with NFC, mm-hmm. um, which is at all the McDonald's. So she takes the phone in the window, comes back out, hands it to her, and she drives off. As I drive up, she's talking to her coworker. Dude, you just take your phone and you tap it, and it, like, pays money. <laughs> they were just baffled by this incredible technology of, um, of you know, the touch payment. And I'm like, this is the future. This is the world we live in. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that greatly. I was cracking up as I pulled away. Um... Let's talk about Samsung. Would you guys say Samsung is too complicated right now? <laughs> well, I think Wall Street wants to turn Apple into Samsung. Like, that would be their dream, where Apple makes new money by reselling their chips to other places, and they make TVs, and they make yeah. top boxes, and phones, and computers, and... God knows what else Samsung makes. CDs. Oh, everything. SD cards. Can, can we just, just take a moment to, like, like really digest this title? This <laughs> oh, title. Probably headline of the year, probably. Really? It's very subtle. I like it a lot. It's like, that's literature right there. It's art. So the headline would be, uh, Samsung wants to take the Galaxy S5 Back to basics. May include iris scanner. <laughs> uh, that's right. 
that's considered basic for uh, the fine yeah. folks over at Samsung. Um, I, I like that idea a lot because, like, it's it's not annoying enough to have to type in a passcode. Like, instead, you should wait, like, you know, try and, like, get your eye in an iris scanner. That'll definitely be faster and more convenient. Absolutely. Well, Samsung, uh, coming up in the spring, some of you may know, some may not, uh, a lot of mobile phone announcements. So we'll have um, IFA and Mobile World Congress, which are both big phone trade shows. We'll have WWDC in June, uh, where we'll probably, we usually hear about iPhone software. So maybe iOS 8, it might be too early. At least iOS 7 point something. Um, so Samsung uh, had a big interview this week talking about teasing what's coming up uh, this spring for them. Um, they said we're going to see a new version of the Galaxy Gear smartwatch along with the Galaxy S5. Uh, the watch will have, mo quote, more advanced functions and the bulky design will also be improved. Um, and get this, this is also one, of, this is probably the best story we've ever had. It said, the fourth iteration of the Galaxy Note line pegged for the second half of this year, and Samsung is said to be considering a three-sided display. What is a three-sided display? A three-sided display? Are, are you a three-sided... Are you Googling it? Uh, to allow for, <laughs> for visibility from multiple angles. I, I have no idea what that means. I don't get it. Is well, it like a triangle? Well, normally when you when you're using your phone, you're not looking right at it, right? Like you have it like suspended from the ceiling, or like <laughs> you just kind of like look at it like this. Uh, or there's like a bunch of people looking at your phone. That happens all the time. Well, they should just do it like uh, D and D dice and just make it twelve sided. A twelve sided display, you can ro you know roll it and uh, twenty sided. Tw twenty. Yeah. Go nuts! It's Why? Samsung. They'll do it. <laughs> They don't care. Side it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically <laughs> a circle at that point. I love this company. <laughs> it's like it's like if the Onion made a phone, it would be this. Just like stuff that sounds so outlandish. So oh, I, it's, it's like they're they they have brainstorming sessions, right? But instead of throwing out the bad ideas, they just make all of the ideas. Yep. <laughs> there are no bad. It, they personify no bad ideas in brainstorming. Uh, so I scrolled down to the comments in this article like an idiot, but then I found this gem of it. Apparently, this is an actual Samsung TouchWiz uh, <laughs> notification drawer thing where the majority okay. of the stuff isn't even notifications. It's on-off toggles for all the features. The what are half row, these things? The first fair, row. Though, that's not a... I don't think that's by default. Like, by default, there's only, like, five showing and you can, like, page through them at the top. There's you only can one page. You can, they've paginated the quick settings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that defeats the point of quick settings. Nothing yes. quick about it. <laughs> I'm not sure, like... I, fr I, fr I wish I could think of which one it was, but, like, there's one thing that I always wanted to turn off, but there wasn't a quick setting for it. There's, like, um, there's literally, what, that's five by four? There's 20, but there was one missing, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I mean, it's... I like how airplane mode is last. 
Like, that's probably the one I turn off and on the most often going in the subway. Well, yeah, so Dan. It wouldn't even show up in the first five. You can change the order of all of those. Uh, so you can perfect. Yeah. Because you need to quickly turn on and off things like air gesture and smart scroll. I think you need to quickly turn it off and never turn it back Just, on. Yeah, turn off uh, all of it. Um, <laughs> so Samsung said, um, talking about the S4 not being that exciting or big of a seller, they said, when we moved from the S4 uh, to the S4 from the S3, it's partly true that consumers couldn't feel much difference between the two products, so the market reaction wasn't as big. For the S5, we will go back to the basics. Mostly, it's about the display and the feel of the cover. The feel of the cover? Oh, the stupid cover. covers you? But you can get... Kind of feel good. I think, yeah. Yeah, there's like a smart cover, because they put smart in front of everything. Uh, a smart cover that like only lights up part of the display when you close it, if I remember correctly. I don't know if that's still a thing. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I remember that. I've seen yeah, the pictures. Yeah, so that, that could be... It, they need more of that fake leather with the fake stitching. That's that's what they need. Right. Uh, so um, I can't tell, down the bottom of that article, they have the, like, alleged images of their new UI. Yeah. But, like, I can't, like... It doesn't look any different. It just has a weird background. Yeah, you know, the... the um, new icons, I guess. It's more flat. Isn't it? It's more Apple iOS 70. Well, it is, and the font as well. Or I guess it's actually more 4.4e ice cream sandwichy. And I will say, isn't it amazing that I, that was a sentence that made sense? That was <laughs> everyone knew what you meant. <laughs> there is, uh, there's better screenshots than these three that have been leaked out that that show it. Uh, I'm trying to find them, but that show it better than. Um, I show it better than that, because it is it is actually an interesting look. Um, cool. I didn't really. That's fine. It. I was rude. Um, oh, you know what? We had it in the rundown from last week, and we never got to it. There you go. Okay. Um. So yeah. So that is uh the Samsung, uh Galaxy. S5 uh, and the gear, uh, so keep an eye out for that this spring. And, of course, uh, right here on Don't Panic, we will bring you the latest on all the uh, phone announcements coming this spring at the various conferences and junk. Um, I wanted to quickly mention, uh, we ta- I think we talked on the show about Microsoft uh, losing the rights to use the term Sky uh, in SkyDrive uh, in Britain. Wait, I don't think we did talk about that. Did, did we? It might have been. Yeah, it might have been before we even started doing the show. Uh, the broadcaster in uh, Europe, Sky Television, sued Microsoft, saying they could not use the word Sky, and the British court upheld them. So uh, Microsoft announced a couple months ago that they were going to change the name, but didn't say what it was going to be because uh, they had to do it at such short notice. Well, today they announced the new name for Sky Drive. Drum roll, please. OneDrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To rule them all. Yeah, clearly. Uh, that must be the idea. Uh, they say the service will operate exactly the same. They're literally just changing the names uh, and the uh, the logo. So, there you go. Quick story. Not not too much, but so now you're... SkyDrive was such a good name, too. OneDrive is awful. Uh, I mean... 
still the same number of characters. <laughs> I, that's that's very positive thinking, Colby. These things are important, Sean. They, they, this is the kind you of cutting edge news. Typesetting of all the things around it. it that's true. so much more work. URL shorteners, we would have had a problem. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, one last story. Um, this from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, mobile plans with no phone subsidies are winning over customers. Uh, a, uh, a study that was put together uh, by consumer intelligence research partners found that uh, 31% of eligible customers that activated phones from July to December last year chose some form of financing plan from one of the four major carriers. Um, that means uh, most of these were uh, not that you pay the $700 up front, it's that you don't have to sign a con, but you pay each month for the phone, a little little piece each month. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> T-Mobile was the first to offer it, uh, but now you can get, you know, it's the zero down concept, uh, and now all four of the major carriers offering it. Um, around, it says here, 100% of T-Mobile customers uh, are doing that because they no longer do subsidi- uh, subsidies, and around 15% of customers on the other three carriers uh, have chosen uh, these financing options. Yeah. So is that still? I mean, I guess you're finding. So you're really you're paying more in the long run than it would be to buy the phone outright. Um, I I believe, and I think it varies by carrier, but I believe for the most part, as long as you remain with them for 18 months, two years, you break even. But if you leave yeah. before that, they'll charge you the whole amount and a penalty fee. Oh, okay, okay. So you're Wait, kind I of T-Mobile just charge you the whole amount. T-Mobile, T-Mobile yes. charges you the whole amount because right. you don't no. have a contract with T-Mobile. But I believe AT and T, at least, um, there is a penalty. So it's really almost like being in a contract. Right. But it's like a contract without a contract. It's just if you're willing to pay the fee, you can leave. But there, there is a fee on top of paying for the phone. Isn't that true today, though? Well, yeah, yeah, an early termination fee. Let that's the same thing. Pay your fee for you. You can leave. That's true. That is their new. Uh, that is their new thing. I like that a lot. I would totally do it. Also, so fun fact about T-Mobile. Um, I've been using T-Mobile for the last couple months, or not even like the last month for anyone who doesn't know. Um, but we just got like they switched around our shuttle routes to work. Um, and the one, the the new one we have doesn't have Wi-Fi, so I've been using the hot, little hotspot tethering that I just get, which is awesome. Uh, and I use it, and it's like super fast. And it may actually be faster than the bus Wi-Fi. Like, seems. Wow. To, I don't know if that that may just because I'm the only one using it. Um, well, the bus Wi-Fi is just a, a 4G connection at the end of the day, anyways. Right, so it's probably because I'm the only one using it instead of a busload of people, uh, but it's been pretty great. So yeah, go go that. That's cool. It's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see. It'll be a tough cycle to break the two-year contract, but uh, hopefully we'll see. I want it, I... or I don't want it. I don't want the contract. No contracts. Uh, outstanding. Any any other news before we get to our picks? Uh, 
Okay then. Let's uh let's do our uh, our picks this week. Uh, I'm gonna jump in and go first. Um, I know a lot of times on the show we do picks for things we may not have had a lot of experience with, things we think were cool, but we're not regular users of. Well, I went the distance this week, and I actually used my pick. Whoa. So I'm excited to give a full-on review uh, of my pick this week, and that would be um, the fine folks at HelloFresh.com. We've had, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, we've had on the show before... um, Food in the mail services, right? Yeah, we've, we've talked yep. about those. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never done anything like that. Oh, Dan, I did one of the. I we did that one. Well, you did that, and I ate it with you, right, yeah. Dan? Yep. <laughs> and that was what. And, and what? What was yours? That was, was Quincipal. Quincipal, and that was just fresh food through the mail. Uh, yep. But also recipes bundled with the food. Wonderful. Food. Well, this is an extremely similar service. Uh, this is HelloFresh.com. Uh, I cannot share my screen because it's broken. Um, you'll just have to take my word for it. Uh, so the way it works is, and I even have props this week. Look at how professional I am. So they send you a box, a big old box like this one. This is the box they sent me, HelloFresh. Uh, and they send you a box. Full, there's nothing in here because I already ate it, but um, they, they <laughs> so send you a each week, they send you a box filled with three recipes worth of ingredients measured to the exact amount you need. And they send you these fantastic recipe cards, which are all professionally printed, and they got all the pictures. Uh, this week, I had a seared steak with Dijon, tomato, salsa, and uh, potatoes. Uh, lemon roasted mahi-mahi and um, pasta. So... Uh, on the back of each card, they give you... Look at those pictures. Step-by-step instructions with pictures. Ah, that's I can't so cook. good. I can't cook. Oh, the steak was outstanding. Because it's all, wow. like, organic and local, and, you know, they ship that's regionally. Um, I have a question. Yes. Does the... always bothers me about recipes is that, like, has a list of all the ingredients, right? But, like, in the instructions, it just says, like, add the salt. But it doesn't tell you in the instructions how much salt to add. So you have to, like, go find it, and then you lose your place, and it's terrible. This is a problem with literally every recipe I've ever ever used. (laughs) Well, I will say, uh, these guys, salt and pepper is up to you. That's to taste. But, for example, they, they, and you see in the picture here, uh, they give you pre-measured out oregano. Uh, They gave me pre-measured out garlic. So salt and pepper is, is up to you. But the actual, yeah. what, uh, you know, basil, and they give you, you know, rosemary. Uh, they so give the it... bug that I've encountered with that system is that sometimes you add things in steps, and it says add the, add whatever, add like one tablespoon of oregano, and so you pour all the oregano and not realizing it's actually two tablespoons, and you're supposed to add the other in as a garnish or yeah. something. Or well, that's I, especially bad with the olive oil, because olive oil gets used like six times in any given recipe. Well, I will say these directions, at least for me, and you guys, Colby's lived with me. You know I can't cook. Um, <laughs> these are really well stepped out. stuff. And, of course, these are just the three. They change every week, and you get they give you five meals to choose from, and you choose the three you want. 
Um, uh -huh. And I wanted to show you. I can't share my screen, but I can do something almost as good. Um, <laughs> so this would be... So this is what it looks like when it comes to you. comes Ooh. in a nice box with your ingredients. And then here is the... Um, there's the uh, tuna, the mahi-mahi tuna with the, uh, the red... That's tuna. your picture? That's my picture. Look at that. Dude. That looks professional. That does. And I got to tell you, it was delicious. I'd never cooked fish before. Never. This is the uh, the pasta. That one looks less professional, but probably... Yeah, that one, the, that was my first one. The angle's off, and... Yeah. Uh, and I wish I had a picture of the steak, because the steak was, like, crazy good. So anyway, um, I, really, I really cannot speak highly enough uh, for this service from personal experience. Now, I will say, it's not exorbitant, but it's not cheap either. It's about $65 a week, um, all in with shipping and everything, and that gets you Three meals, but I found as a single person living alone, uh, I can get two meals out of each recipe, so I really get six meals. Yeah. So it comes out to about ten bucks a meal, um, which really isn't bad, especially because it's all fresh ingredients and it's really good. Um, it's HelloFresh. Especially not if like you were gonna eat out for a bunch of those meals anyway. Yeah. Because you spend more than ten bucks. Exactly, and you don't have to pay like for a month up front or a year up front. You'd pay by the week. So you okay. can say, I'm going to take the next two weeks off, but then I want it for two weeks. Or, you know, they're, they're really flexible. Um, but, you know, because they ship regionally, it's all fresh stuff from your area. I mean, it's just a really uh, a wonderful service. I cannot speak highly enough of uh, HelloFresh.com. And uh, to all of our Don't Panic listeners, uh, I have a special offer. Whoa. They're not sponsoring us, though if you'd like to sponsor us, uh, you are absolutely welcome. Uh, I would I would be more than happy. But uh, how would you guys like twenty dollars off your first box? I I'm so speechless that I can't <laughs> even believe that such a deal would be offered oh, to me. Dan, you're outrageous. Uh, no, uh, I'm gonna put the code up on screen here in a second. But I'm gonna get uh, anyone who uses the code. Um, it's a refer friend code, so I also get money back. But but you'll still get the deal. Uh, so you should know that Sean is trying to take. It's a kickback. It's a kickback. <laughs> um, it would be. Uh, Whoa. So there is the uh, there's the code. Let me. Uh, I had this all set up before the show, and then it failed on me. Um, let's go like this. There we go. That's better. Uh, and that is the uh, HelloFresh code right there uh, for our audio listeners, uh, B-H-C-V-H-P, uh, and that'll be in the recorded version as well. You can always pull it up. Um, and that'll get you 20 bucks off your first box for first-time customers, so that's a pretty good deal. Um, that's like a third off, so uh, I recommend you, you try it. Let us know. Uh, if you make any recipes, you know, send, send us the pictures. I don't know. We'll put it on the show, maybe. I don't know, but... Uh, I really recommend HelloFresh.com. Uh, I am a customer now, and uh, I cannot speak highly enough. So, um, from my stomach, my pick this week, uh, HelloFresh.com. I would totally use your code if... Yeah, and they don't I ship everywhere, by the way. I do want to say they ship... They ship in... looks like they ship to the entirety, like everything east of the Mississippi. Yeah, and they are in other countries as well. If you're an international listener, I know they're in the UK. They're, they're in a few other countries, but it varies by zip code, so you would just have to check yours. Uh, I, I'm sorry if they, uh, if they don't. Sadness. 
It is. I'm sorry, Colt. You'll just have to eat all your avocados or whatever you people eat out there. Um, <laughs> Rude. I know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm East Coastist. I'm I'm an eat. Uh, so uh, who, <laughs> who wants to go next? I want to go Me. next. Ah, I, I heard Dan first. Yeah. Don't take it personally. Damn it! Uh, I I'm definitely closer did to first. It's less... the latency. <laughs> Don't fight. I promise, Colby, you can go That's first. Two hundred milliseconds really, really killed you. I promise. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's eighty milliseconds. I don't know. Dan, let's uh, talk email. So, I was using a really ter- so I have a really great uh, sub pick. I have a really great email service I've been using for four years now, rollernet.us. It's great. You pay for it per year, like 50 bucks per year. It's amazing. Uh, no spam ever. It's awesome. Uh, but there, for a long time, I was using Apple Mail, which was great. And then I was like, I'm a nerd. I should only read my mail from the command line. So I did that for about a year, and then I <laughs> upgraded a package and everything broke, and I didn't have time to fix it, so I just used RollerNet's webmail. And now I'm starting to realize that that kind of sucks, so I wanted to find another mail client. I've heard that Apple Mail has actually gone downhill since Mavericks came out, or maybe that's just hype. But either way, I decided I'm going to try a bunch of Apple Mail clients and by Apple, I mean uh, OS X mail clients. Uh, this is interesting, Sean. I can't share my screen anymore either. Yeah, Google's uh, all kinds of broken. So, anyways, a uh, good thing because their website isn't very interesting. So the first one I tried was MailMate, which seemed really cool because uh, it offers all sorts of customizability, it said. And uh, it's 50 bucks, but you can try it for a month without paying 50 bucks, which is great. It has Markdown support, which is my favorite feature. So you can write in Markdown, and it will translate it to HTML and send it out, which is pretty cool. Uh, Here's my one-week review. Uh, I don't use hardly any of the customization. The search is really fast. I like that. Uh, Otherwise, it's too complicated for what I do. Uh, There was another big point I was going to make. A lot of the things I would like to customize, like the uh, toolbar on the top, aren't very customizable. One thing I do often is I mark things as red and don't delete them or archive them. I just mark everything as red and keep them all in my inbox because I don't understand this inbox zero nonsense. Uh, It doesn't bother me that there are messages that are in my inbox. I don't care. Storage is cheap, cheap, I can keep them there forever, and I can search for them later if I need them. And I'm not going to delete the spam ones because that's more work. I'll just mark everything as red spam or not. Uh, And it doesn't really support that. I have to highlight all the ones I want, or all of them, which takes a non-zero amount of time. But pretty quick, just a couple of seconds, way faster than Apple Mail was at this operation, which is nice, and mark them as red. It has a couple different views, which aren't I don't use at all either. I just use ThreadView. Uh, so, at the end, the bottom line is, if you want Apple Mail but faster, with more s- features, then I think this is a good fit. But I'm moving on to my next one. Cool. You'll have to stay tuned next week to find out. Oh, well, this is exciting. <laughs> um, I'm I'm interested because like, I went on a quest for a while for a decent IMAP client. Uh, on Mac, and I, I didn't really find one. 
I got discouraged and stopped looking. <laughs> got sad. I like. I don't know. It's a it's a shame that Sparrow got like swallowed up in the Google abyss. Well, it still works though, right? I know people who still use Sparrow. Uh, I had tried it at one point. It didn't work for a while. It didn't work on Mavericks, so it would oh. like just destroy your computer. Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's possible that they fixed that at this point, um, but it was it was not not. Not good. It was. It would like work for two minutes, and then the, your CPU would start going like crazy. Uh, Perfect. But that that could be fixed now. I have no idea. But I'm gonna give this one a shot because it sounds like I don't. I do Inbox Zero because it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like having things there. Feels better. I guess I use my inbox like a to-do list. Like if it's in my inbox, I need to deal with it. Do you though? Do you really? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually do. Like how when much, I get how shipping, much of your email is actionable. Well, I mean a fair amount. A lot of it is just like things I want to be thinking of. Like like when I have like a package on the way, I'll let that package stay, like, I'll let the, the shipment notification stay in my inbox until I receive the package so I know that I need to be, like, looking out for this. Package. I would encourage you to find a better system for that. I don't know. You know, you. if there's one thing I've learned, it's that there are um, every single person handles their email differently. Like, people are so anal about how the, oh, I, I know people who have 100,000 unread messages in their inbox, and they just don't care. So and I know, up, up until I downloaded this mail client and after I lost my command line configuration, that was me because there was no way to mark all as read in the webmail client, so they just, <laughs> I just would only read the ones that looked interesting and let the other ones scroll off the screen. Yep. I don't care. Like, looking at my most recent messages... Uh, Oh, GitHub two-factor authentication enabled. I don't care. Kindle Fire HD. I don't care. Uh, marketing, marketing, LinkedIn, marketing. Yeah. Uh, mailing list I subscribe to. I will passively read that. Uh, Fitbit. I will read that. Marketing, GitHub, watched repo, Twitter, Twitter, mailing list. None of those are actionable. Not a single one. Since five o'clock today. I would venture to guess, in fact, I know that none of the email I received today had any actions associated with it, which I guess is good, but I don't care. Like, doesn't. Is it good, though, or is it just a waste of time? I mean, I, I agree. Like, It's not, a notification like, system. It's not, 90% of the notifications. It's just junk. Yeah. But like, oh, I don't know. Someone, I find it worthwhile for on the this ticket you done. watched on GitHub. Great. I will read that, and I probably won't do anything about it, but I would like to know that that happened. I, I've also been, like, aggressively unsubscribing from email stuff. So, because, like, most of the email notifi notifications I was getting, I also got on my phone as a push notification. There's too. your problem. I turned yeah. that off. Because you turn email, off emails are not instant communication medium. Like to me, I don't want to be getting emails, and I don't I don't want to expect people to if I send an email to them to respond to it immediately. If I wanted them to respond, I'd choose a different Facebook Messenger, SMS, 
anything. So now I know if I'm in a crisis, I shouldn't email Dan. No. No, that will not get you an answer. He will take forever to... Don't call me either, because I don't have your phone number, and I'll just hang up. So so if you're in an emergency and you need Dan, try uh, Facebook Messenger. Yeah. yeah. Um, very good. Uh, Colby, com- yes. coming to us with the, uh, with the latest in Android. Um, what's, uh, yeah. what's going on? Uh, so, um, I've actually been using a bunch of new things lately, which is cool. So I had, like, a, I had to decide which pick I wanted to do the most this week. Um, but lately, the last, I guess, week, I've been playing around. I'm going to see if I can share my screen. I bet it's not going to work. Well, I think if you haven't shared your screen yet, it might work. Yeah, the first time it's good, and then you're done. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems to be working. Uh, so I, I've been playing around with this app called Cover for Android, and basically it's a lock screen, um, but it's like an intelligent lock screen. Uh, so what it does is it you can see the picture here. It's basically, um, you know, like a background picture, and it gives you these six shortcuts on the left-hand side. But what it does is it... So for one, it, it like tracks which apps you open the most depending on where you are. So the apps change depending on where you are. So I see different apps on the left side when I'm at home versus when I'm at work. Um, what and apps it basically, are those? I'm curious. Uh, I can tell you right now. It's still kind of in the um, like in the learning me phase. It says it takes about a week to, I'm going to stop sharing my screen because that was all there was to see. Uh, <laughs> it says it takes about a week to, like, really get get your stuff down, and then it'll be a little more consistent. Um, but right now I have Facebook Messenger. Uh, I have the Mail app, my Mail app, Google Hangouts, which is, like, the SMS for Android now, um, Chrome, my Alarm Clock app, and the Play Store which is about what I do at home. Um, at work... Go ahead. Oh, uh, you're going to answer my question. Oh, at work I have, like... I mean, the mail client and Hangout and uh, Messenger are still there, but I, I also get, like, Snapchat I tend to use more at work than I do at home. <laughs> um, and, like, I think, like, the New York Times and or the Hacker News app that I use tend to come up more... In addition, those those come up a lot more. It also has one for when you're not at work or at home when you're just, like, out. And it also has, like, if it's night or day at home, it has different stuff, um, which is cool. And in addition, it also, you can set your ringer preference for, for the location. So, like, at home, I don't mind having my ringer on most of the time, um, which is cool. But when I'm at work or when I'm out, I don't, I want it on vibrate. So I, I literally, for a week, I haven't, like, changed my ringer until, well, until we did the podcast, because I turned it off. Um, but, so that's cool. And it also, like, it changes the background picture, depending on whether or not you're at home or at work. Uh, and do you get to set that, or does it, like, do, like, geolocation? What do you mean? Do you set the picture, or does it, like... 
So one of the cool things about the Yahoo Weather app, I was just thinking this would be cool, is that it uh, knows where you are and randomly picks a Flickr photo every day for the background of the oh. Yahoo Weather app. And it, it also searches way. the tags for the weather, so it's like rainy day near your location, uh, search for rain. It's really cool. Yeah, it's. I don't think the uh, their default photo. They just have like a set of default photos that you can pick. You can also pick your own photos for it to be uh, for your various locations. Um, it's kind of neat. It's a little rough. It's like a self-proclaimed beta. Um, so like some of the like lock screen behaviors is not quite polished yet. Like like if you have a passcode lock on. Um, and you, like, if I go in through the, the Motorola Active Display notification, it, like, brings up that screen, and then I have to unlock that screen, and then it goes to my passcode, and then I have to unlock that, and after all that, it doesn't go to the notification that I tried to open. Um, so I basically, like, turned off my passcode for now. Uh, we'll see how I continue to feel about that as time goes on. Uh, but it's kind of cool. Worth a shot. I'll, I'll continue to use it, and, like, if it gets bad, I'll let you know. Very good. Some some real-world uh, testing. That's uh, coverscreen.com. Uh, that's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm going to be up for a new phone probably in April or May, and uh, I'm really, really thinking about getting an Android phone. Auto X, man. You know, I'm I'm really hoping that at all the mobile events in the spring, they're gonna announce uh, an update. That's I've got my that fingers crossed. Or a new phone, that's really great. Yeah, the Nexus Five is also beautiful. The screen's pretty amazing. Yeah, I've heard like, a lot of good things. So um, I don't. For me, it wouldn't be worth it. The bat, like the not awesome battery, but yeah. yeah. Um. Very good, very good. All right. Uh, that uh, concludes the show for tonight, unless you gentlemen have uh, anything else you'd like to share with the world. Um, no, I don't think so. Nope. Outstanding. Outstanding. Is the Super Classic. Bowl this weekend? Uh, yeah, the Super Bowl will be this Sunday. It will be the uh, Seahawks of Seattle against the uh, Broncos of Denver. Uh, playing That's... at the uh, Stadium MetLife in uh, the New Jersey. It's in New York. It's the New York Super. No. Yeah, you know they do. I read an article where New Jersey was upset because everyone keeps saying the Super Bowl's in New York, and they're like, technically it's in Jersey. <laughs> technically, it it is. It's physically within the state. I know, but everyone keeps saying, oh, it's in New York this year. Where I know, I know, I don't care, but New Jersey has a problem with it. Uh, I care. If you want, and hey, if you want to get tickets, there I think you can still get them there. I think at minimum four thousand dollars. Yep, yep, right in there. Yeah. So I heard someone trying to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your uh, get your tickets now. So that that'll be. We'll have all the latest Super Bowl news, um, and maybe maybe there'll be some fun tech commercials. We'll see. Uh, there's a rumor Apple's going to do a commercial. Uh, Google always does a commercial. Uh, so there'll be some. Uh, Samsung always buys a ton of commercials, so I'm sure it'll be really memorable. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, where they introduce Maybe they'll, their eight... they'll unveil their iris scanner. Yes, <laughs> their 18-sided display. Um, that... Oh, Dan! Now we can all <laughs> steal your identity. Oh shoot, that's not good. All right. 
Well, well thank you. That part out. Got Yes, <laughs> I'll blur it. I'll blur it out. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Of course, we do this live every Monday night, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at don'tpanic.io. Uh, and I absolutely recommend subscribing to us, whether it's on iTunes or your podcast feed of choice. Because um, you get the episodes right away when we post them. Uh, there's no better place, of course. Find us on Facebook and uh, Gmail. Uh, don't panic show at gmail.com. Uh, with that, we will wrap up for tonight. Uh, we'll see you next week. Good night.